Hello, this is Yasmin Bilkis Ibrahim of Mina Bilkis. And this is Yasmin Metz Johnson of Yasmin Tells. We, we are, are White Square Pod. Thanks for tuning back into the pod, y'all. So today's episode is Sopa Posh and Jensky. So we're going to leave with our interesting facts and dive into the episode. Okay, so our interesting fact today is Sierra Leone is home to 16 ethnic groups. The largest groups are Timoni and Mende. Timoni are from the north of Sierra Leone, making up 35% of the population, and the Mende are from the south, making up just over 30%. Thanks for that, yes. You're welcome. Um, On what? that note, okay, sure. <laughs> I think this is a perfect time to explain to our listeners why the term tribes is derogatory, because Yasmin's been getting at me, because whenever we speak about um, I'm shaking ethnic, my head here now. Yeah, because mm. I was about to say it. Whenever we speak about the ethnic groups of Sierra Leone, I tend to say tribes. And she's like, girl, stop it. It's not <laughs> tribes. So, yes, educate us, please. Okay, here I am, the teacher. So, uh, <laughs> the reason why tribes is seen as derogatory because, I mean, it promotes this primitiveness and backwardsness of, like, a modern Africa or Africa in general. Just think to yourself, when you think of the word tribe, what do you think? You think of, like... If, you, if any of you have watched um, The Gods Must Be Crazy, if you haven't, it's a fantastic movie. Um, yeah, The Gods Must Be Crazy. You think of, automatically, you are inclined to think, you know, of people uh, in a very rural setting, wearing loincloths, or, you know, whatever the Western media depicts of us. So this is why it's seen as derogatory. And it's basically, it, and this whole, using the word tribe, you know, it's controlled by the Western narrative. And it in turn, also shapes how we as Africans view ourselves. So when people always say, you know, Skype, what ethnic group are you? What ethnicity are you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't belong to any tribe. So, you know, I just kind of banter with them. And even in schools, you know, they they don't say why they use ethnic group, but they teach us, you know, because I did a bit of schooling here, as I've mentioned. And when we learned uh, social studies and ethnicities in Sierra Leone, they say, oh, there are 16 ethnic groups. They don't use the word tribe. So I don't know how we developed this very bad uh, linguistic culture referring to our ethnicities as tribes because they're not in fact tribes you know they're ethnicities they're ethnic groups and I know on this uh, note you're very curious to know what our ethnicities are I'll let Yaz lead first because I'm a hybrid so we go there first we'll be here for a while okay but um following that I mm-hmm. honestly do think tribes it's, it's it's down to your perception like what you would think it, of it to be I'm side-eyeing I, her right now I know <laughs> I can feel it but I don't know, when when somebody says tribe, I don't think of it being derogatory, but I understand what you're saying in terms of it's a Western term. Mm-hmm. But that's not what comes into my mind. I literally think the same as ethnic group when I say tribe. But the two are not interchangeable, and that's why I'm saying that you have to condition yourself to use ethnic group rather than tribe. Yes, ma. <laughs> ethnic group. Okay, so, I wish all my students so, were this compliance. <laughs> so my ethnic group, is um, Creo. Um, the Creo people are the smallest ethnic group in Sierra Leone. She's salty. I'm so salty. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked, you know. I thought at least 5%. But Where? Uh, How? It's true. We're only found in the western area of Sierra Leone. And why is that? Why is that for our viewers who don't, our listeners who don't know? So um, the Creo people were descendants of liberated slaves who um, settled in the western area from 
1787 and 1885. Yep, yep, that is yep. Why. And you're full Creole, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So no flavor in your. I mean, but you said your your grandmother's from the Gambia. Oh yeah, but she's from yeah. the Aku. Oh, uh, the Aku ethnic. people. Okay, right. Yeah. I was so. about to say Aku tribe. Look at you learning. We grow every day. Progress, progress. So for me, okay, another reason apart from. Uh, me always making the distinction between a tribe and eth- um, ethnic group. In general, I don't um, identify with being of being of any ethnicity in Sierra Leone or in general, just because I just grew up in a very um, metropolitan environment. You know, my parents, we moved all over the world. And because of that, I've always just identified just being Pan-African, you know, and if I have to identify on a national level, I would say Sierra Leone. But um, in terms of my ethnic breakdown, okay, so I told you last episode, I do have some Nigerian blood. And I know Nigeria, y'all are so ready to claim me. No, I'm sorry, you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you a funny story later on. But um, in terms of my ethnicity, so my father is from Freetown. He is um, Forbay. Forbay is a community, actually. And his father is Hausa. So he's Hausa, but he's from the Forbay community in Freetown, which is in the western end of Freetown. And the Forbay community, they have, you know, um, other Nigerian immigrants and settlers who came centuries ago. So you have the Aku people, you have some Yorubas, you have Igbos, they've all settled in. And you have uh, Fulas as well. You have different, it's a, a melange, it's a medley of like different ethnicities. So my dad is Hausa, Forbay. My mom is Soso. Uh, Soso originally from Guinea. So the Guineans uh, started to come to Sierra Leone maybe a century or so ago. And the, she was originally Madingo, and well, you know, with assimilation, ethnicities, they kind of Lush, merge into bigger yeah. ones, yeah. So the Madingos come into Sierra Leone, some of them became Soso. So my mom was Soso. And yeah, so my mom was Soso, my father is Hausa, um, but I just identify on a national level. So yeah, there we go. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Did I mention, okay, no, I'm just checking. Did I actually say that the Creole people are 2%? Because I think I was just salty about saying we don't. Oh no! I think you said small. Maybe yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm still getting over the fact we don't even make up five percent. Oh yeah, then the you did. The Korean people are two percent of the population. It's okay. You get there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but on a different note, yes. I mean, because you and I, we always have this conversation about Serlunians not having a particular look, mm-hmm. and that's always um, attributed when being a part of an ethnicity. If you belong to this ethnic group, like, oh, you must be X, Y, and Z because you look this way or because you have this name. And that's the culture in Sierra Leone, I'm sure in other African countries. Like, for example, if I say, oh, I'm Yasmin, and they're like, Yasmin what? Ibrahim. And they're like, oh, you're Mende. So they have the the perception that I'm Mende because there is this um, thing, I say this in quotes, that Mendes don't have last names in quotes, which is ridiculous. Everyone has a last name. But because Ibrahim is typically a first name, so you need to assume, oh, I have to be Mende because a lot of Mendes tend to have first names that are last names. But I have my last name because my father is Hausa. So the way Hausa family names work, you take your father's first name as your last name. So my dad's name is actually Ibrahim. So that's why my last name is Ibrahim. So that's how that works in Hausa culture and some other African cultures as well. Um, so yeah, they either think I am Mendem, and when I say I'm not, they're like, oh, you have to be Creole. I'm just like, why do I have to be okay. Creole? Yes, a lot of times, because I've been told I don't have a look. Sometimes I'm even told I'm having Serenian. I don't look oh, I've been told Serenian. That. I'm so, just like, how do, how do we look? We I'm don't have a look. I'm for Ghanaian, Senegalese. Mm, yeah, Senegalese um, I get, yes. What other ones have I had? I can't remember, but yeah, I've been mistaken a lot of times. But similar to what you are saying about... Um, 
uh, your ethnic group, or mm-hmm. the one you don't identify with. But it's um, the same with Creole people. They are usually identified by their surnames. So exactly, Creole yeah. people have English, English names. Yeah, that's true. What about when you travel and uh, do, do you find people trying to place you? Or um, like, oh, you're, you, are you from XYZ? Like when you go to different African countries or even when you travel in general? Um, not really. Not in African countries. Okay. I, don't. I think a lot of people just assume I'm like, for example, when I was in Senegal, people would assume I'm Senegalese until I speak. And they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's not one of us. Oh, okay. Um, no, so I haven't had that issue at all when I'm traveling Africa. Um, other places, it, it comes down to this whole um, just identifying yourself. So, for example, mm-hmm. I, I told you, like, when people say, where are you from? Even though I'm from the UK, I'm, I'm born British. I don't, that's not something I would initially say. Same. I'm from, because I think you're trying to read, but like, between the lines. When I speak, you can tell mm-hmm. that exactly. I'm from Thank you. Exactly. the Same UK. Thing. So... When somebody asks me, where are you from? I always like instantly say I'm from Sierra Leone because mm-hmm. I think that's what you're trying to get at, right? Yep. No, I'm, I, I find this funny, especially like when I, I hang around or I'm in a circle of people of color. And let's say, for example, this person's originally, just an example, this person is originally from Pakistan and they speak in a British accent. Obviously, I'm a person of color. So if I'm asking you where you're from, like you said, the undertone is I'm asking you where you're originally from. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you have those westernized brainwashed ones. Oh, no, I'm from the UK. I'm like, honey, I'm from America. Identity but, crisis. Exactly. I'm like, but <laughs> where are you from? You should know. Where are you from? I'm asking you. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm from Syria. I'm like, but you have an American accent. I was like, I do. Thank you for observing that. I'm, <laughs> as I guess I'm born and raised in the States, but I am from The only people I will understand and let off for saying this is mm. African-Americans. I understand that completely. No, yeah, completely. Obviously, that I understand. But anyone else? I'm no, I was like, like, why would you not lead with, especially when I'm asking you where you're where from you're as from. a person of color? Mm-hmm. We should know what I'm really asking. I'm like, oh, I'm not asking. Oh, well, I'm from Manchester. I mean, even though that's not a Manchester accent, <laughs> but... <laughs> You're good. I don't know if we have any Manchester listeners. So, who knows? <laughs> but um, but usually, like, when I travel, like, okay, I mentioned a couple of times, like, when I go to, I go to Nigeria at least once a year for, uh, for work. I do digital rights work there. And um, so, this was, like, two years ago, I had landed in Abuja. And this um, immigration officer, he was very insistent. He asked, I don't know, maybe you don't say see Uman. Maybe it's been a while you've seen a woman. But he, the moment he saw me, he was like, Sister, please, when you um you fill out the immigration form, please let's talk. I'm like, eh. I said, this is so inappropriate. Where was this? This was in Nigeria. Okay. So the the immigration officer was trying to holler. I was oh. like, oh no 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 no. So I filled out the form and everything. I was going. So I already had a Nigerian SIM card. So I was trying to check out my salon SIM card, put in the Nigerian SIM card, and call my uncle and let him know I've arrived. And he was like, oh yeah. So the immigration officer was just distracting me. Oh, welcome to Nigeria. You know where are you from? I was like, I'm from Sierra Leone. He's like, hmm. Sister, are you sure you don't have um, Nigerian blood? I said, no, 100% Serene. You know, you resemble a Hausa gay. I was like, I'm not a Hausa. <laughs> I was like, no, let me stop <laughs> lies. I was like, no, actually, I am half Nigerian, but I am from Serene. Aha, I knew you're one of us. I was like, And what oh, did he get goodness. from that? Exactly. Because I just ended up walking by anyways. He's like, no, you know, please, let's talk after you're done. I'm like, uh-uh. But yeah, I do. In Nigeria, they always are trying to claim, you know, you're Nigerian. In Ghana, funny enough, I always get that Mashanti. 
I don't know. Maybe you know. You know, in a past life, I was Ghanaian, as I say. So <laughs> you know how I was saying in episode one that my sister calls me a fake Senegalese. Please know, Yasmin. Oh, I'm a fake Ghanaian. Fake Ghanaian. <laughs> this girl. Oh my god! What? Every day I'm always crying. Oh, I need to go She's back like, home. Oh, I need to go, to go back home to Ghana. <laughs> oh, I wonder what's happening in Accra right now. I know, right? Oh goodness, please. So my Accra listeners that are well listening, please bring me home, more, I beg. <laughs> but anyways, I don't want to um, go off topic too much. So our topic is sofa posh and gentry. So yes, we didn't say sofa posh. When they say sofa posh, what does that mean? This is a new vocabulary that came into. Our lingo, like last year. From a song, right? From a song. So the artist is called Innocent. So shout out to Innocent, one of our leading singers in Sierra Leone. <laughs> I think sofa posh is self explanatory. Mm. When you go outside of your financial lane mm-hmm. to um to to make a certain image that's not authentic that's what i would say is no it is yeah it's like uh, the u.s expression i'm keeping up with the joneses yes you know, yeah, get you make it exactly. say you get you know you don't have the financial means but you pretend as if you do and i don't understand why i guess this goes back to our episode last year about just being content you yeah. know and just being self-assured but yeah uh, it's, that's it so you're when someone says to be posh honestly you get what you not get you know get you know and that's okay be humble and work towards your goal but Anyways, we're going to read a few of the lyrics from Sofa Posh. <laughs> and there's this other song called Boku Talk, and we'll quote some of the things there as well. So in the Sofa Posh song, um, Innocent says, uh, not to all man way dress posh, now nah, big, big dog, yes, or big person. So he says, not everyone that dresses really nicely, you know, is a high up person. And which is true, you know. Very true. And then he also said, um, this one killed me, he said, now Facebook, you're not Chantal. Where you gonna host? You not yabum. This is so on Facebook. Your name is Chantal, but when you go home, your name is Yabum. So Yabum is a is a country name, you know. How you're a different persona. Different to I'm, what you're projecting out there. And this and year, as those person tell me, this time me Siam. So no one told me this. I've seen something like this before. This is like back in high school. I was at the beach and I overheard this sweet conversation, collecting tea oh, at yes. that young age. Hey, you know, that's my my job or to eavesdrop. So this <laughs> 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 so this guy was stepping to this girl and she he was like what's your name he's like oh my name is Portia my name is Portia I'm like mm? so of course like this caught my attention I said, wait yeah, the po-. girl said this the girl said this okay. and I was like women don't get named like this Portia I was like when did we start having names like this Portia that's not you know known to serve so I was like okay let me come and tune in this conversation <laughs> so the guy was like oh Portia how you do oh Portia how's it going so they were making small talk and then, oh, unbeknownst to the girl, her cousin had spotted her at the beach. Aminata! Wow. Aminata! I was like, oh my god, dead. This girl's name is Aminata. <laughs> I was like, but what? So the girl just shamed like dog, basically. She was just so ashamed, so embarrassed. And I was like, but why? Why do that? She didn't even, if you wanted to, in quotes, poshinize your name, you know, you could have been like Ami. Or Amy, for goodness sake. We, could, we would take Amy. Yeah. But a whole Aminata, you're here gallivanting as if you are what? Portia? Hey! <laughs> Saloon. Hmm. Wow, but you've definitely done that before, right? You've lied about your name. No, no, that's different. I lie because I don't want the person to know my real identity. Maybe some guy is harassing me on the street. Yeah, I don't know who I am. Her. How do you know, not know that she was just lying? But you go get that posh name, well, yeah. No, man. You know, you, you, you go get Kwonski name. You know, you give a local name. Like, my, my oh, the thing is, okay, let me give you my disclaimer. Amy, I'm really airing out my dirty laundry, but here we go. 
So back in high school, the same thing, you know, because um, the guys in the street, they can be very persistent and it's downright sexual harassment at some point. Um, so when they'll ask me out, maybe for my number or something, I, I give them a local name. So I tell them my name is Aminata. So my name is Aminata Kamara. This is my whole backstory. My name is Aminata Kamara. I am a business school student at uh, the Institute of Public Administration and Management, IPAM. Um, if they ask me for my high school, I went to the annuals. It's a very prestigious uh, government school. I went to the annuals. And yeah, I'm 23. That is my story. I have a whole backstory prepared. And if they ask my number, oh no, this is my, my auntie's phone I'm using. Simple. No, that's too much effort. <laughs> I told you. I told you in the last Oh, episode. I grew up here. This is I'm what a, we have to do. I'm yes. a savvy life. That is too much effort. Like, yeah. lie after lie after lie. Mm-mm. No, but no, but that's why my, my lie is consistent. My name is Aminata Kamara. Simple, because I mean, until you defend the Aminati, you know how many Aminata Kamaras there are in this country? So, yeah, so that is the equivalent of like a, what, a jail smith or whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> like in a Western country. <laughs> what are the most popular names here? Here, Aminata, Fasmata, yeah. um, Mariama. Male names. Oh, male names, um, um, Abu. Um, uh, sorry, I guess would be popular. Sorry, I've never met Mohammed. sorry. You haven't? No. I've, well, yeah, no, no the posh circles you're in that you've not met a sorry Get or a Mohammed. <laughs> okay, but common ones, Abu, Mohammed, a lot of Muslim names. Syrian is historically predominantly Muslim, but you know, man, Muskris uh, or Christmas, everyone is either both a Christian or a Muslim, but that's what we call them in Salon. So some households, they have maybe a male, um, a Christian parent and a... Um, and a Muslim parent. So some people who kind of grew up in both uh, religions, like, oh, I'm Muskris, or I'm Christmas, you know, so both. Because in Salon, it doesn't matter what religion you are. You know, you can celebrate both Christmas and Eid. You know, that's how we are in Salon. We're very religiously, yeah, religiously tolerant. Yeah, Salon. We're constantly fine. Bad. But, um, what's your talk, Seth? Remember. <laughs> oh, about the, the names, the yeah. Names, so yeah. back to the Muhammad Abu... Um, yeah, that's it. Oh, but in, in line with Sofa Posh, so people who are named Santigi, they call themselves Santos. That is the Posh. Hey, 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 Santos, yes, that is the Poshified name. Instead of saying Santigi. Name. What's another name? That's... That they Posh is I don't know. But, but the Santigi one always tickles me. Santigi is now Santos. Santos. Mm. I like Santigi. That's so unique. Like, who's called Santigi? So this is a salon. We boku we name Santigi. A lot of us are named Santigi. Santigi well, is a male Santos, name. Santos, you mean? A lot of Santos. There are a lot of Santoses. That's true. A lot of Santoses. That's true. So yeah, so that's his baseball stuff for And the other song, Boku Sok, uh, the artist has escaped me. But maybe when we uh, publish this, then I will uh, write the name of the artist. But if you Google Boku Talk or you put it on YouTube, you'll find it. So this song, he, um, the artist basically talks about um, people living unrealistically especially financially so a few things he says are where you go lent you say you go buy and yeah so when you borrowed clothes then you you act as if you bought it so expensive yeah you lie and say you bought it expensively um they say finger um finger pockets are profession so yeah pickpocketing is a profession which it has become in the streets of freetown and he also said drug dealer sefna bomba so a drug dealer is also a very rich person bomba is a rich person like um, like El Chapo, yeah. <laughs> Our drug dealers are also El Chapo, but um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's the thing with uh, Salon. Why you go lend clothes? Why you never just say I lent you clothes to me, Paddy? But 
people so uh, i said why won't you just be honest and say oh i borrowed the clothes because yeah. i'm always saying i'm still in close to my sister or my cousin you know but there is a stigma because it comes down to social classism mm. and it's like well if you lent that means say you know yeah, yeah. and god forbid you tell me say i know get so if i borrow clothes it means that i'm not well off and you know god forbid i'd be told i'm not well off but i'm just like Again, but it does matter. People do when you live in small knit communities, you are very conscious about what people think of you. Yeah. You live your life under the eyes of people. And that's just how it is and in I small like communities. Some people go they go way too extreme to do things to please other people's perception. Oh, rather definitely. than just being content with whatever they're doing. Or just living their life, yeah. Is there still like um, a stigma with um, Jonks clothes? Eh, my sister, let me tell you what my dad said the other day. So Jonks is a secondhand clothing. So um, I bought a dress a couple of days ago and I really needed it for an event. And my dad was like, oh, where did you get that dress? You know, like at, sh- at last minute, I was like, oh, I went to Equa Street. And he was like, there's a boutique there. I was like, I'm sure there are boutiques, but the boutique I go to is down below. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I was like, Botswe and pick. So Botswe and pick literally means bend down and pick it up. Yep. Uh-uh. I, I say this freely. You know, I talk about it on Twitter, but you know, now you view, you listeners. Yes, I, I love to thrift. Yeah, me too. We I'm actually just... went recently to Ecowash. We'll probably share that content mm-hmm. on the socials, but oh my gosh, I, didn't I like succeed? So, oh no, that's, that's I got very so well. many good things. She's I even wearing like, one of the pants yeah, now. Yeah, I'm wearing one of the pants now. I've got like <laughs> three trousers and this really cute crop top, mm-hmm. all for the price of, what's it? 45,000. Yeah, so, yeah, no, the, the money sounds really huge, and we'll have an episode about currency. But, but yeah, anyway, that was like five pounds. If, um, yeah, so basically, yeah, less than five <laughs> pounds, basically. So, um, yeah, the, um, there is a big stigma about that, you know. People would rather say they bought it from a boutique or they had a relative uh, bring it from abroad for them than just admit that they went to the secondhand um, street and bought their clothes. I'm just like, I love why, the... though? Um, secondhand junks clothes from abroad anyway. Thank you, my and very good quality. What you know, I've gotten some Calvin Klein stuff, Gap, all of this stuff, you know. And the thing is, I, I didn't start um, um, thrifting in Sierra Leone. I've been thrifting in the states, you know. Same. When you're a college student, you're broke. Where are you getting money to go to mm. Forever Twenty One? Realistically speaking, so no, I, I I like thrift and I enjoy it because like one, there are a lot of good finds. And the thing is, I'm like a fixer upper. I love DIY projects, do it yourself. So. I find an outfit and I'm like, I'm inspired to maybe add some, maybe Ankara or maybe, you know, tear it a bit or maybe sew something. So I like that, you know. And it's so satisfying. Like it when you is. leave, you're like, yes, I've got this so much cheaper than. Yeah, than buying it at the store. At Topshop my, or, you what? know. And yeah. you get brand names too, mm-hmm. you know. Not that we're advertising, but it's true. We get ASOS, Topshop, Atmosphere, you know, UK brands, US brands. So it's, it's very satisfying, honestly. It's an entire street just dedicated to thrifting and i'll probably write a blog about that about some of the outfits i've thrifted so you can see but we're not joking like things you can get them for less than and i'm just going to do this in the equivalent of pounds since he has been using pounds you can get things for less than a pound like pants for about pants as in trousers for like a pound you can get like a shirt for like 50 pence you know so it's 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 quite affordable no it's worthwhile less than two or three dollars you can get a whole a whole outfit a whole outfit just have to emphasize that as in like a whole outfit <laughs> no it is worth doing definitely but on that note as well i i i don't think i don't think that it's just um like 
Western clothes that people should want to buy. Mm-hmm. I think whilst you're in Sierra Leone, whilst you're in Africa, why not just, you know, embrace the African prince? So. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, but I mean, since we're talking about thrifting, but yes, okay, on to like in general, I mostly wear Ankara here anyways. It yeah. breeds better. Mm-hmm. So I had to give away a lot of my Western clothes. I just. I just, I just didn't like it, you know. So I, I mostly wear Ankara during the week anyway. Maybe on the weekends or something, I might wear Western clothes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. You know, the, and we'll do it definitely. We'll do some content on that for yeah. you all. Um, the, the street next to Echo Street where we thrift is called Malama Thomas Street. And that is like the fabric, you know, uh, street. You can get anything there. And not just um, Africana slash Ankara um, fabric or textiles you can get european ones as well so like if you want like satin or i don't know velvet god forbid you wear velvet in this heat but if that's what you want you know whatever floats your boat you can get it there so you can get um western textiles as well um at that uh, street so yeah western textiles yeah what's that so you know just like like what i said polyester cotton oh okay yeah when you said textiles i was thinking of like an actual print oh no 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 yeah so yeah the the fabric yeah an entire entire street so yeah that will actually be a fun project for us yeah we should do that so yes i i love ankara and uh my favorite um app to check out styles is pinterest so you know a lot of us yeah we just copy copy and paste from pinterest give it to our seamstress or our tailor and then have that sewed up nice and the second part that we are also discussing joint with suffer posh is gentry so how would you define gentry um so gentry comes from the english word as well gentry old english and it means wealth you know like vast wealth you know in the english language but in creole when you say person gentry it means say get so when you say someone is gentry they're very well off they're considered like the one percent in Sierra Leone people in good social positions right exactly social positions social standings all of that yes and um but in certain the dynamic is very different because we are an impoverished nation the disparity the economic disparity is so vast that one could even think there is no middle class of course there is you know but it's just so vast the disparity you know between those living under the poverty line those in the one percent and like for Yaz and I, people perceive us to be one percent. I'm sure I'm a hustler all day and night. I'm not no, in the one percent. No stretch of the imagination. You know what my parents have? It's because they've worked hard for it. And I always make that distinction. I was like, everything I have, I bought. You know, my laptop, my car, this and that. But um, because you know my parents are who they are, or because Yaz's parents are who they are, they assume ah. And in Gentry Pekino, you're a rich kid. Oh God, that nothing grinds my gears More than and being that. called that. Oh, rich kid problems. I'm like, rich kid where? Like, I, <laughs> I hustle like how? you. How? Please tell me. How, you know? I was like, I run my own business. I work and strive just like you. I mean, our hustles are different. Yes, I agree. But um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I cannot say that I'm not privileged. No, I do come from a privileged background, comparatively speaking. But when I compare my experiences being in the West, I would just consider myself middle class. There's no way when I was in the States, I would ever say I'm upper middle class. My parents are professors. So, you know, by that, we're mostly middle class, as most other kids are, you know. I went to a public school just like most kids did, you know. In Sierra Leone, it's a bit different, like I've mentioned. So I went to private school here. and uh, But most people obviously go to public institutions, and I understand that. Would you say you're um, middle class here? In Sierra Leone, mm, 
I personally would not. No, exactly. I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it goes I don't back have to what this... I was saying to you earlier, mm-hmm. because of the dynamic of Sierra Leone, because so many people can't afford. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even think middle class is in the equation here. Mm-hmm. I think if you can afford, then you're on that scale. You're I won't say upper class. I right. I'll just say you're on the other side of the scale. If you mm-hmm. can afford, you're here. So yeah, you're higher. If you cannot afford, then it's just those, perception. Yeah, yeah, honestly, no, it's like, those two things. Those we, two. There's no middle. No, middle it's, line yeah, here. they make it seem so, you know, polarized. Either you're this or you're that, and I don't think so. I think everything is fluid to an extent. Mm. But yeah, it, like you said, it's because of the wide disparity. That's why I feel sometimes we don't have a middle class. But there are middle class communities I see, neighborhoods, there are, are middle class but schools. I would, yeah. wouldn't call them middle class. But they would not. Because yeah. of the amount of people that cannot afford. afford. That is true. That is true. So that is one thing. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the dynamic in terms of gently, you know. Like, for example, I'm a young woman, you know. and uh, Are you? I am, you know, although like my spirit age is 42, but you know, you can follow the conversation on Twitter if you want to know know more about how I'm an old soul. But, um, on a real, on real talk though, like when I go to town, for example, and I'm trying to park, so, you know, you have the street hawkers and stuff that are trying to like ask you, oh, do you need help park and help in quotes? Because they want, this is government property, by the way, you know, Mm -hmm. but they, because they assisted you, in quotes, in getting a parking spot. They expect, like, a little tip or whatnot, which I comply because, you know, we say Freetown is small. I don't know when I'll need your help next time and vice versa. But sometimes I don't. It depends. So anyways, um, I park, and they're like, oh, the mommy, hey, the mommy don't come. Meaning, oh, you know, boss lady, sir. I'm like, boss lady, where? I don't even have money to fill my car today. Mm. What are you... <laughs> That's another problem here, you know. I've realized that that they um they can gas general, you up. Oh yeah, not just the gassing, but they idolize. They idolize too much, and like they idolize people in positions. I won't say names, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's a big culture of idolizing, and I just I'm I don't know. I just don't think you should idolize people. No, same, same, but, um, of course, you know. Yeah, but elaborate more on that. Like, give, like give me a concrete example. Um, without naming names, of course. Okay, what's an example? Just in general, like these people, the people in power. So the whole, um, actually, I don't know. I don't want to touch on that. <laughs> but I was, I'm going to, anyway, I was going to say the whole having a convoy system. Mm-hmm. Like when government officials, yeah. government mm-hmm. people pass by. What's, what's that about? Like, well, I mean, you have convoys all over the world. Even the, the US president has a convoy. I don't think it's, it's as extensive as ours. Like we have the army in it. You know, we have an ambulance for goodness sake, really. Because alone we don't get ambulance and that means we for abuse them. Because before we didn't have ambulances in Sierra Leone. It was when the emergency uh, relief for Ebola came about, we started getting ambulances from countries. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, it's a part of the convoy. I don't understand that either. Why is there an ambulance escorting the government officials, you know? So you have the army people. They used to have some random cars. I think maybe just to confuse us because they're, they're all black, but they're different black ones. So you don't know which car the individual is in. That's mm-hmm. fair enough. And they don't have license plates either. Or they do, or they cover it. I don't know. Sometimes I, I don't really keep up. Sometimes, mm. but um, no, the convoy is necessary. But I guess maybe why? Yeah. Why is it necessary? Well, I mean, the the person has to be escorted. Yeah, I get that. But why? Mm-hmm. Does, why does it have to be a show? Why does everybody have to know? Like, for example, when um, government officials are going around in the UK, nobody even knows. That's true. 
But um, so really, they're very discreet about it. Yeah. Really. So, if the, so like, even when the queen is going out, you you, you don't know. even know. Ah. There are um, like MPs that go on the trains. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just a bit. No, I won't say bizarre. It's just different mm. to me. Huh. But okay. Well, I guess it, it might be a cultural thing. You know, Africans, we need to, when we've made it, let me say this in my stereotypical African country, a language, <laughs> accent. Listen to her <laughs> yeah, listen in to my me. stereotypical African country. <laughs> when we have made it, we need our hitas to know. We need them, our village people to know we have made it. So basically, yeah. So we, we do have a very flashy culture, unfortunately. You know, because... That's just how we are as Africans, you know. I think that's a part that we also have to embrace, but yet criticize. So our convoys, yeah. I mean, I remember, and this one I'll name names because who do, who do I fear but God? Yes. Oh, <laughs> no. Um. Okay. So during the time that Gaddafi was trying to have, like, you know, the United States of Africa, hey, yes, it better you know be talking that Cindy. You know, it's a good thing that you weren't around in Syria at that time. I was in high school. It was like oh seven, oh eight. Gaddafi used to make like annual trips or biannual trips to Salon. Mm-hmm. He was funding us heavy that time. Pakaba was just leaving office, and then on his bike, came. So, um, and that time I was living in Juba. We we're building our house uh, in La Supica, a different section of Freetown. So the presidential lodge where um, President Chiyankaba was, we were like we lived ten minutes above him. He lived up on the hill that we also lived on. So when Gaddafi was his guest. Gaddafi brought 22 cars. I was, I was idle. I was there counting the cars as they were going up to my veranda. I'm just like, why does one man need 21 cars? Seven no do? Seven is not enough? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just counting the cars go by. They seemed there was an ambulance. You know, there were relief aid cars, like the green military-looking ones, and then several, several, several black cars. And I was like, they're all going to be in that compound or in the... The house, or where would they be? And that's fine. My point is, why are you making... That's not fine. 22 cars for one person? It's not fine. (laughs) But what I wanted to say is, why does everybody else's life have to come to a standstill now because you do pass? Oh, yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, why I have to do a diversion? And it makes me think as well, like, okay, so you can organize... This. This, yes. But you cannot organize simple... I won't even say simple infrastructure, but you can't even organize, I don't know, a road... To be made. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, and they are so, what is it? They are so immaculate in their execution. Yeah. Like, so let's say six o'clock, the president has to um, is driving home now. Then they're like, okay, they they, they start halting all the cars like at five thirty or five fifteen. I'm just like, bro, we're gonna be here a while. And then it's like, probably the president hasn't even left his office yet. That's what I'm saying. So when you observe it, you're like, okay, yeah. so, so you we, can do we this. We can organize. We can organize it. But we choose what we want to, you know, dedicate our attention on. Correct. Oh yeah. Mm. So I understand in that sense, I understand how That's we where do I idolize. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So from that extent, yes. Uh, from that perspective, rather, I understand what you mean by that. But yeah, I think that's all we've got for um, Safaposh and Jianchi. And Jianchi, that's true. But yeah, so yes, do you want to close with our African proverb? Why not? So the proverb today is from Tanzania. So make some money, but don't let money make you. And I think this is a great quote, um, just because we're talking about money and the perception of money. I feel like when you are on a mission, especially if it's a financial one, just make sure you don't lose yourself in the process. I mean, yeah. it, it, it happens, especially as entrepreneurs. Sometimes I'm just so 
focused on like my goal or like trying to make my sales and stuff like that mm-hmm. i forget to connect with people offline you know oh, I, where I will, you started from yeah so. you know maybe i'll just uh it'll be weeks i haven't talked to someone like oh no this is not good let me check on this person you know you, you always have to do this in life but yeah so I, I agree with this you know make money but don't let it make you so yeah i agree on that just staying true to yourself yeah exactly your missions, you, know. So. you know but i i think i think i read this once um uh, oh actually i have another quote this is a quote it's a french quote no 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 one, one quote oh, per episode. No, yes. i'm a teacher please yes no you can have this quote in the next episode mm, no but it's about money Okay, I'm gonna say it anyways. So, <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> okay, so as a friend, I forget who uh, wrote this, but uh, in French, it's um, um, "Tout le monde est corrompu, mais tout le monde a son prix," which means uh, humanity is corrupt. Everyone is corrupt, but everyone has their price. And I feel that is so true. You know, um, living in the kind of society that we do, when we see outright corruption and i'm not just talking about the government in general the corruption operates at the grassroots level all the way up you just don't wake up one day and be corrupt you know mm. it's a system so um in line with that you know in terms of like jensky and sofa posh it it is it's just a corrupting mindset that you need to always 100 yeah. percent yeah be this way or you need to be perceived this way because that is what validates you as a human being and i'm just like that's that's very exhausting. And it's the mindset of many. So oh, it's yeah. not even like it's a few people, it's like the mindset of a nation. Well, not everybody thinks the same, but mm. it only works in mass. So That's true. And as usual, we always want to hear from you all. So please tell us about, you know, Sofa Porsche or Gentry topics in your country. And we'd probably like to share. Maybe we'll tweet about it or something. And our socials are for the the podcast, Y Square Pod, Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, my personal socials, you can follow your girl at Mina Bilkis, M-I-N-A-B-I-L-K-S. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook. And you can follow me, Yasmin underscore Tells, T-E-L-L-S, Travel, Explore, Live and Learn. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, guys. Bye. Be real to yourselves. No sofa posh business in these streets. Or in the words of Yasmin, <laughs> stay smart and shady. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.